Welcome to the Contractor Success Map Podcast. I'm your host, Bradley Hart, and I'm an expert on how you can get the most out of your contracting company. The reason I designed this show is to help you turn your contracting company from a people-dependent money pit into a process-dependent cash cow to have the freedom you dreamed of when you start your business. Every Friday, we're releasing podcasts with information to help you get the most out of your contracting company. Be sure to join us at www.contractorsuccessmap.com and subscribe to receive our latest articles and special offers. And the best part, it's all free, just for you. This podcast is episode number 245, and it will be about unique secrets to starting a highly profitable handyman company. What are some basics of starting your handyman company? And sometimes it's hard to know where to begin when you're starting any construction company, including a handyman company. The first place is to decide what type of contracting company you want and do you want to start. For many contractors, the place to begin is to choose to be a handyman. Now, why do I suggest a handyman? Because no one expects a handyman to have the skills of a high-end finished carpenter. It will give you the opportunity to try many things, learn how to make simple repairs, and you'll determine what you like to do and learn the skills associated with that trade. Many states and municipalities have basic license requirements for handyman. Now, in my opinion, the best place to start learning about how to start up and operate a highly profitable handyman company is through Dan Perry Handyman Startup. And if you go to the website, you can see a link for that uh, for Dan Perry's site. The next steps are all about company structure. Now, we recommend being an S Corp because it has several benefits or any other structures like LLC, C-Corp, and partnership. Just so you're aware, many tax accountants, and we're not tax accountants, we're construction accountants, a big difference, but many tax accountants and lawyers suggest setting up your company as an LLC. They like it because it's simple and cheap set up in the beginning. And frankly, they do not care how much money you'd be overpaying in income tax. In most cases, they'll set up your handyman company to be taxed as a sole proprietor, which means you'll be paying the entire payroll taxes and all the net profit of your company. Now, in the first year of business, this might be almost nothing. The problem is that a handyman company owners and construction company contractors never go into business with the idea of not making a profit. Not so. The difference between a non-not-profitable company and a profitable construction company can be a few jobs went well and paid before the end of the year. Here's a little quick heads up. You cannot go back to the IRS and say, Oops, I changed my mind. And now I'm going to be treated as an escort for this year because I made a lot of profit. It doesn't work that way. For an LLC, foreign must be filled out early in the new year for that year and can be treated as an S-Corp every year going forward. It's really a pain. When a handyman company owner or construction contractor chooses to be an S-Corp in the beginning, then no one gets confused on what to expect because an S-Corp or a small corporation is always treated as an S-Corp. I want to give you just a quick heads up though. Corporate officers of an S-Corp or a C-Corp must take a reasonable salary 
and W-2 income. So the balances he do is dividends or he invested in retirement accounts. It defeats the purpose to be in business if a corporate officer takes all the payroll for every dollar they take out of the company. And I just want to segue briefly because this is really an important key here. Uh, Sherry and I have had several construction businesses uh, starting in the 70s and working through the year 2000. And we took a very nominal amount in payroll. Um, you go online, all kinds of places you can find what's reasonable. We took a very low salary in payroll. We took a huge chunk in dividends and put a huge chunk away in retirement. And that's the key. So, yep, you're still paying W-2 income, but we're not paying a whole heck of a lot. Okay, now, if you wanna be paid as a regular employee, then save yourself the headache and be an employee for somebody else. Being in a business is full of challenges. There's some fun and other days that are not so much fun. Decisions are made every day, many days it feels like every minute of every day. As the owner, there is no one to tell you what you're supposed to do or what you have to do. Of course, there's a variety of places you can get resources, we're one of them, there's all kinds of other resources. And I recommend that you gather some resources around you that make sense and listen to what these resources have to say. And the other thing you're gonna be dealing with is there are many nasty letters, phone calls, fines, and penalties. When you do not pay what you're supposed to pay in taxes by the due date. When choosing a name for your handling or construction company, I recommend that the corporate identity is more general and not the exact trade name you may be using. Now why? Because as an S corporation, you can evolve and change what you do and keep the same corporate structure. So just for example, you can have, um, I just make this up and I'm sure it's been used, so don't use it. But you could say um, ABC Inc. And then under ABC Inc., you could have um, Joe's Handyman Service, Robert's Construction Company, Frank's Home Builder, all kinds of things under that main corporation. So you have all kinds of trade names. For example, when Sharon and I started out construction contractors, at one time we were general contractors. At some point, we changed being primarily or predominantly, especially trade contractors. So the individual changes within that space, we worked new construction, remodel, service, and repair, and even a touch of tenant improvement. Every one of those businesses were slightly different. And here's a little quick heads up you might not be aware of. Employees that were fantastic in new construction did not do well in residential remodel projects or in the commercial tenant improvement space or vice versa. An entirely different group of employees loved service repair but were clueless when it came to the new construction for residential remodel or commercial TI projects. We've been construction accountants for many years now but Remember each of the phases of our own career, we remember them very dearly, and we loved it. It was great. We remember the, the, the points of getting permits, sitting for inspections, wearing a hard hat, buying safety glasses by the case, and saving one another OSHA and safety items. We have not forgotten what it's like to be on your side of the world, in the trenches, doing the work that needs to be done, 
in the mud, the blood, the sweat, the rain, and the tears. And let's not forget the, the blinding heat and overarching um, snowstorms. So we understand. We know exactly what you're dealing with. We've been there, done that, got the t-shirt, the tattoo, and we sung a song about it. It starts out something to the effect of M-I-C-K-E-Y. I think you know the rest. The next step in your business search is where do you want to do business? My recommendation is to have an office, warehouse, mailing address away from your home. I can't stress that enough. Your home is your castle and you need to put family first. The last thing you need is a drunken employee or customer showing up on Saturday night to talk about what they don't like about you or your company. How do I know? Been there, done that. Got the t-shirt, a tattoo. Um, and a couple of times it was, um, let's just say it was remarkable because I remarked on it. And what's funny is I haven't changed a lot even though I'm working in accounting, but um, I've always been six foot tall and around 250, 275 pounds and fairly solid. So that's, you can tell that didn't always work out well for the people who showed up at my house. It didn't take long to figure out to get, to start with, we even to start with, we just got a basic, a private mailbox. And then very quickly, I mean very quickly, we rented a small office warehouse space. And best thing you ever did. So, as a contractor, you handle anything and everything. But like I said, you don't, you just don't need to have your peace of mind interrupted by someone calling or dropping by your house or to pick up a check or discuss a job, good or bad. And they normally want to do that after a few beers. In my opinion, this also includes employees. This includes employees, customers, even a few vendors. Um, you want to socialize? It's great. Go socialize with them in their space. But don't let them come to your space because it just never works out well. Especially if you have kids or maybe a spouse that doesn't understand the dynamics involved. And they may say something that would be inappropriate. Say, and that just leads to trouble. I hope that you understand. I'm just going to leave it right there. It sounds cost effective to have your shop in the garage or basement. But it's not so nice if those same employees do not respect your personal space and go wandering into your bedrooms, your family rooms, your kitchen, your bathrooms, look at your medicine cabinet, and perhaps they borrow a few things. And they'll do it anywhere in your house they please. Now, we've had a number of businesses, and I tell you what, I'm going to say probably 98% of the employees are fantastic people. There is that 2% that will take advantage of you. I'm sorry, it's just a fact. So again, get a business address. Nothing is so important that you can't handle during the day or meet someone away from the home and family at the business, at a restaurant, at a coffee shop, uh, a tavern, wherever you want to meet them at. I strongly recommend you do this before you set up your business. This will limit the number of places your home address is listed. Fear not, government agencies can find you from behind the scenes and your company are tied together because for you, behind the scenes, your company and, your, and yourself are tied together. 
and somewhere that will include your home address. What you are limiting is the number of places your home address is in public view for everyone to see and drop by unannounced. Um, I've got a real problem with that situation, so I don't want to go any further. Let's talk about tracking the money in and out. Set up more than one bank account. Limit the amount of money in the account with a debit card. So let's say you have a primary account at XYZ Bank. Then at XYZ Bank, open up a separate checking account, and that's where your debit card attaches to. And then keep a limited amount of money in that debit card. I'm thinking 500 bucks at the most, maybe a little more, a little less, depending on the size of your business. But don't tie your debit card to your main account. And if you have employees, please, please, please don't learn this the hard way. Set up a third bank account for payroll. So all your money goes into your main account. You have a separate account for the debit card and another account for the payroll. And you transfer money in there to other accounts as needed. But that way you're not giving the keys to the kingdom to anybody who has a debit card or anybody who has access to payroll. Because you see, if the debit card is lost, in most cases, in most banks, all the money in an account, no matter what you have or who you're with, is gone. Now, some banks, I think, are changing their systems. I don't know. But if you'll do this, you'll limit your exposure. So if your business checking accounts, and if you're a sole prop and pay business expenses out of the business checking account. Now, one of the questions we get asked quite frequently, you know, what constitutes money in versus money out? Well, it's really quite simple. When you do an estimate and you get a jaw deposit, that's money in. You invoice a customer, you get customer payments, that's money in. You get loans, either from your, the owner, yourself, or from somebody else, or line of credit, that's money in. A refund, so you take the material back to your supplier, vendor refunds, that's money in. You get vendor rebates, that's money in. But just so we're clear, not all that money in is taxable income. Some is and some's not. Consult your tax professional or your, um, your, your accountant to get more detail on that. And we have a lot of material on our website. So what's money out? Really quite simple. Payroll and payroll taxes is the most important thing. That's number one. If you have payroll, even if it's just yourself and payroll taxes, that's money out. That's what we call labor. It's part of the LEMOS. And L is for labor, M is for material, O is for other costs, S is for subcontractors. So payroll and taxes, labor. Vendors and suppliers, material. Plans, permits, cell phones, other costs, truck payments, car payments, fuel, and that sort of thing. Then subcontractors or outsourced labor, that's money out. Everything else is simply overhead. So if you lend your handyman company money, do as you need to. But make sure you have a good, solid construction accounting system. And you can build that on QuickBooks, or you can build it on uh, QuickBooks Desktop. Okay, Don't bother with QuickBooks Online. QuickBooks Online is great if you have a lemonade stand. But if you're a contractor, stay away from QuickBooks Online. We've had dozens of people over the years who have left our QuickBooks desktop system in the cloud when they had full access to any, any device, Apple, uh, Android, uh, PC, didn't matter. And he went to QuickBooks Online because it looked like it was cheaper. 
Well, cheaper is not always better. Let's talk about if you're going to move a whole lot of dirt. I'm talking maybe 100 yards. Well, you can go down to the Home Depot and buy yourself a, a wooden handle shovel for about 10, 15 bucks. And that's cheap. Or you could rent a backhoe for, I don't know, a couple hundred dollars a day. Well, the shovel is cheaper and a wheelbarrow. But it's going to take a long, long time. You're going to burn up a lot of labor. The backhoe can do it in a fraction of the time at a fraction of the cost. So a good accounting system needs to be built on QuickBooks, desktop, or zero. And if you'd like some help with that, we do actually offer uh, templates for both uh, QuickBooks and Zero at www.fasteasyaccountingstore.com. And, and that way you can track the money where, where it's coming and where it's going. You can always pay yourself back. Without a good construction accounting system, it's too easy for the money to appear as income and therefore taxable. And we've seen this happen many times where someone doesn't have a good accounting system and they put, say, you know, a thousand or ten thousand or twenty thousand into their business, and they do it. The person doing the tax return didn't realize that that was an investment, and they paid tax on that money. And if you're paying a thirty percent tax or thirty-five percent tax, ouch! That's a lot of money to be wasting. So, enough said. Many construction contractors pull money out of their company only to determine that they need to put the funds back into the construction company, pay the bills, or personal material, or to that next project. So designate personal credit cards for business and try to never use them for personal. This again helps isolate business and personal expenses. Because the big question you ask yourself is, in the end, did you make a profit? Did you remember to show all your expenses in your construction accounting system? Many expenses that were personal are now business expense and vice versa. Do you, did you collect all the money due to you? Are you using this meeting program? Here's a big one. Wait for it. Did you get signed change orders? That is a huge leak. That is a huge profit. You do it right. It's a huge loss. You do it wrong. Are you using an online invoicing system? Did you get a signed contract? And for goodness sakes, do you accept credit cards? Now, I know that's kind of a bugaboo. Uh, some contractors love it. Some contractors hate it. I'll give you our personal experience. In the 1980s, we were the first contractor in Washington State to accept credit cards. And this was back a long time ago. And we had to actually buy the machine. And the machine was about $3,500. It's the same money you go away for free now. It was $3,500. To set up the account, I believe it was a couple hundred dollars to set it up. And then we were paying something in the neighborhood of a 5% discount and 25 cents transaction fee and match fee and all kinds of stuff. And $25 a month for the statement fee. Okay. I bought one machine. And then I paid a bunch of money to get a, a cell phone jack installed in my truck. And that was another two or three grand. So all in this situation, I don't know, we had like six or seven thousand into this credit card system. Um, suffice to say, in the first 90 days, net profit more than pay for that credit card machine. 
and it didn't take us a few months to have credit card machines in all seven trucks. Because guess what happens? We went, we went to Mrs. Jones' house and we were there to do a repair, a, a sheetrock repair, or paint a room, or you know, set a toilet, or do some basic plumbing. Um, we actually had German plumbers as well as handyman and our contractors. And we're there and Mrs. Jones said, oh, oh, I see you take credit cards. Because we had the logos in our, our trays and in our trucks and our everything. And we said, yes, we do. Well, you know what? I don't get paid for another week, but can I have you do another $500, $1,000 worth of work and put it in my credit card? And they said, well, sure. Does it cost anything? No, it doesn't cost you a dime. So that's your thing, too. Don't be stupid. You know, the pig gets fed, the hog gets slaughtered. So if you're not taking credit cards, I really suggest you consider it. Because that one thing, in our case, raised our net profit well over 20%. I won't tell you how much because you wouldn't believe it. But uh, it was really funny. Like I said, this is in the 80s, and a lot of my competitors said, oh, you're taking credit cards. What a, what a bonehead you are. I said, well, yeah, you know why? Because I'm blonde. And, you know, blondes aren't that bright, as I would laugh all the way to the bank. Um, and there was a, <laughs> a few of my competitors that took me to lunch and said, Randall, you're not stupid. Why are you taking credit cards? And so I drew it out on a, on a napkin and did some basic uh, numbers, some Excel-type grids. And a few of them started taking credit cards. And they looked back and said, my God, I wish you'd done this a lot earlier. And I said, yeah, well, you couldn't because there was a time when you couldn't take credit cards. If you were in a mobile environment, you had to have a, an actual physical store. So when the time came that a mobile environment could do it, like I said, we were the first contractor in Washington State that took it, and I was so happy. Enough about that. And just so you know, no, we do not set up credit card systems. We're not a credit card vendor. So if you think of taking credit cards, first thing to start with, in my opinion, is PayPal. Start there, okay? And then look at some other credit card systems, and with and then I really suggest you get credit cards, the basics, through your bank. So go to your bank and see if they offer that service. Um, there's all kinds of places on the net I'm a little bit concerned with, but your bank is a pretty safe place, but you make that final decision, okay? Let's move forward. It's all about the three O's. Who owes you money? Who do you owe money to? And what do you have left over? Everyone started out as a new construct and a new contractor. So your account your challenges are not new. Give me money left over to do what you want to do. Well, we're wishing you the best as the holiday season approaches. And in conclusion, I'd like to have, like to say that helping contractors around the world is one of the reasons that we added our fast easy accounting store.com. We invite you to follow our blogs, listen to our podcast here in the, con- the Contractors Success Podcast. We appreciate our visitors, listeners, subscribers, and clients. Thank you all. We're here to help a little or a lot, depending on your needs. I hope this podcast helps you understand that outsourcing your contractor's bookkeeping services to us is about more than just doing the bookkeeping. It's about taking a holistic approach to your entire construction company and helping to support you as a contractor and as a person. We understand the good, the bad, and the ugly about owning and operating construction companies because we've had several of them. And we sincerely care about you and your construction company. Well, that's all I have for now. Please do me the honor of commenting and reading the podcast wherever you're listening to it on. And feel free to tell me what you think. Tell me what you like, didn't like. 
tells you to see it because your feedback is crucial and I think in advance. It is our firm belief here at Fast Easy Accounting that contractors all over the world, just like you, deserve to be wealthy because you bring value to other people's lives. This is one example of how Fast Easy Accounting is helping construction company owners all across the USA, including Alaska and Hawaii, put money in the bank to operate and grow a construction company because that's the only areas that we can help with outsourced accounting. See, construction accounting is not rocket science. It's a lot harder than that and a lot more valuable to you, so please stop missing out. By the way, if you'd like to learn what makes construction accounting different from regular accounting, please visit www.fasteasyaccounting.com forward slash C-A. And please feel free to call Sherry at 206-361-3950 or send her an email, S-H-A-R-I-E at fasteasyaccounting.com and schedule your no-charge one-hour consultation. Profit contractors and construction company owners have no to value of outsourced bookkeeping services and contractor coaching services like ours for a very long time. And I know about it too. By the way, if you're thinking about outsourcing your contractor's bookkeeping services, you're invited to download a guide to find the right contractor bookkeeping service to fit your particular situation. And you can download that at www dot fast easy accounting dot com forward slash hs thank you very much hope you understand we really do care about you and all contractors regardless of whether or not you ever hire our services bye for now until our next episode here in the contractor success map podcast where we remove contractors unique paperwork frustrations And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on how to turn your contracting company into a process-dependent cash cow. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to the Contractor Success Map. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a five-star rating and review here on iTunes. And make sure to head over to www.contractorsuccessmap.com to subscribe to receive the latest articles and special offers. If you'd like to discuss your business strategy, simply click on the button labeled Strategy Session. And the best part, it's all free just for you.